That's for sheep. Oh, total sheep mood. They're hipsters, but I way more hip. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, my fellow hipster, who, by the way, looking great today, buddy. Thanks, man. With, uh, with that, with that beard, is looking well groomed, well kept. It's uh, Matt Franchise, everybody. How, how's it going? Hey, hey, I'm doing well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's another another week, another episode in the bag here. Another, know, another mail satchel episode to bust through. Yeah, we got to open up the mail satchel, yep, uh, yep. get everything going. By the time people listen yep. to this, I will be in Montreal. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Exotic. Ho- hopefully, still alive. Uh, I would hope so. You know, because I'd be there for a bachelor party, so right. hopefully still alive, still within good standing of, of the United States of America, allowed to come back. Yeah, that would be a positive thing. For the mo- for, for many people, it would be a positive. Probably negative for a few people, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Charlie would need you back, so. Yeah, old Chuck. Old Chuck probably does need me back. But that'll be fun. But, well, yeah, so that'll be fun. So, again, yeah, any listeners out there, hey, if you live in Montreal, too, maybe we... Uh, Grab a little beer together or something, you know? Or at least let me know where the good spots are. <laughs> if I'm still alive, provided when, when yeah, you hear yeah. this. If you might want to be able to see straight before you meet up with a listener. We're not. We're not. Eh, and then just black out and don't remember any of it. Oh, aggressive. Uh, speaking of aggressive, the way to aggressively take care of your uh, your appearance is with Do Champs Grooming, the that's, presenting that's sponsor right. of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Do Champs Grooming is vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. These guys have everything you could possibly need. I mean, you know about the hair wax. You know about the beard stuff. But uh, come on. You got a lip balm. They got kits. Everything you could possibly need to be to look good. I mean, I mentioned your beard up top. And I yeah, know, I know yeah. you use all those Dude Champs products. I'm a modern day man. You're a modern day man. And so are you. And uh, the, the new one that they came out with, the hair serum. Oh, I know man. you like it. I, I didn't even use the wax today. I just used the hair serum and then threw a little hairspray on. I love this stuff, And man. I can confirm, your hair, I mean, it looks as good as if you had a, a just a gobs of wax. Yeah. With just a little I drop like, of that serum. I like the wax, too, for the sides a little bit. Yeah. And then for the top, you know, just use the serum and it doesn't weigh it down, doesn't look matted down, and then you put some hairspray on for the hold, and, I mean, do champs groomings. They get they got it all there, so. Yeah, they'll, they'll hook you up, and they will hook our listeners up. If you go to dochampsgrooming.co and you go to the shop, you throw some things in your shopping satchel right uh if you use the promo code at checkout hipsters pod you get 15 percent off your order courtesy of us the fantasy hipsters and our partners do champs grooming so yep, yep make sure you check them out follow them on instagram follow them on twitter like them on facebook i mean if you haven't done it yet what really are you doing i don't know well, you have to really question your loyalty at this you're point. a sheep and you're not a wolf and you're not a hipster exactly and you're just you're just not one of us right yeah. you're you're not a modern day man Oh, you don't want to not be a modern day man, no. unless you're modern day woman, and you know, good on you too. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, this is fine. Mm. All right, let's 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 uh open let's, the mail satchel. Let's crack open the satchel. We got a lot of questions. Um, look, we've got to say though, off the top, 
we're starting to get a lot more questions, so we're not getting to all the questions at, at this point anymore. I just want to be honest about that. Sure. You know, some of the questions don't make the cut anymore, but keep submitting. Uh, keep 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 coming in with a bunch of stuff. We got a lot of good ones today, so let's dive right in. Let's do it. This first question comes in. Uh, if you want to email the show, like like Landon Man. Man- Manula? Manula. I'm so bad with these names. If you want to email the show, you email us, fantasyhipsters at gmail.com for me to butcher your name and then answer your question. Landon emails and says, I believe you will talk a lot about the draft and all of its implications on fantasy, but I was wondering how you're looking to build your team this year. Popular options include Arby's early and heavy. Build your starters first, then worry about depth. How many rookies do you think you'll draft? When do you start thinking about a running back like Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey? Any tips, tricks, and pointers would be appreciated. Thanks. Um, First part of the question, or I mean the last part of the question, how many rookies do you think you'll draft? It really all depends. I mean, we talked about this on our last episode with James Coe. We did the mock draft with the NFL Fantasy crew, and I got to say, rookies were just way too overvalued overvalued to me. I mean, you're talking about Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams. Those guys went in the eighth round. Yeah. Samaj P. Ryan went in the seventh round. That's That one's not so bad to me. But, like, I think there's a lot of rookie fever right now, so that might be the right. cause of that. But if that's the way rookies are going to be valued, I will not be owning a lot of rookies. Right, because you don't want to overpay for them. Uh, I personally, in that mock draft, I took three rookies. I took Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon in the third and fourth round, and then O.J. Howard as my tight end in the 11th. Um, but, you know, it's May. And right. like we talked about with Co, there's some recency bias going on here. Everyone is all optimistic about the rookies and their landing spots. And, like, boring veteran players are falling. Yeah, right, exactly. Everyone wants the new, new blood, uh, new names on their team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really like, how much do you want to pay? Like a guy like Christian McCaffrey might, you might have to go like fourth round to get Mm -hmm. him. You you don't know. Like, are you willing to take the risk of a guy who you don't really know what his role is going to be yet versus a veteran? So it's just, uh, a lot of it's up in the air, but as far as Dalvin cook, he's probably the fourth, the last rookie, one of those top rookie running backs that I would target just because he's got Latavius Murray in his way. The Vikings' run offense isn't great. You know, his yeah. his path to success this season, yes, he might take over Latavius Murray's role, but I think his path to touches in the Vikings' offense is not as clear as other guys like Fournette and Mixon and McCaffrey's are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't foresee myself owning a lot of Dalvin Cook. Yeah. No. No, definitely not. All right, next question. This one comes in from Ball, or Paul Butenwerf. He says, try not to butcher my name, will you? I probably did. Anyways. (laughs) Hey, guys. Your only Dutch listener here. Love the show. Question. What do you think about Devontae Parker this year? Miami media is throwing around things like Parker's hungry, healthy, and ready for a big year. As a Dolphins fan, I want this to be true, but I remain skeptical. And in what round would you draft him? Thanks in advance. You got any thoughts on Devontae Parker this year? Um, You know... (sighs) There was a lot of frustration from the coaching staff in Miami last year with him. I think he had some lingering injuries that he couldn't get over and he couldn't get on the practice field. His and conditioning f- was a problem 
like his dieting was they that was something that was mentioned like he just wasn't do Adam Gase kind of specifically said like he's not doing the things to take care of his body like a professional athlete should I mean right. you know this is something that I think a lot of those guys have to go through when they get to the pros so I think if anything it's a good thing that he's getting talked up by the staff now because maybe they've seen a change in his attitude and his dedication to to you know to becoming a, a a star player in the NFL and we've seen him flash he's made some really great touchdown catches and big plays there in Miami um, I don't know what his ADP is right now, but I can see him, you know, being a wide receiver too there. Mm-hmm. I believe he went in the 10th round or later at some point in our mock draft that we recently did. And, you know, at that price, I'm in on him. I've never been a big Parker fan. Um, I still need to review his 2016 reception perception. Have not done that yet. Um, but uh, I think he's obviously, like you said, shown flashes. The, the question for me is just how much volume is really going to be there mm-hmm. in Miami? We know they want to be a run-heavy team. We saw that last year when Jay Ajayi took over. That was the identity of their offense. And the volume of all those pass catchers suffered because of it. I mean, even Jarvin La- Jarvis Landry had some up-and-down weeks because he wasn't getting double-digit targets week in and week out like he was in September. So... I think that there might just not be a path for Devontae Parker to have 120, 130 type targets like he'd need to for a breakout season, especially because they paid and brought back Kenny Stills. But I, I think in, in the double-digit rounds and it, it maybe in a buy-low buy situation in Dynasty, I actually don't mind taking the swing, even though I've never been a huge fan of his game. Yeah, I like that. Double-digit rounds because then you're minimizing your risk. You don't really know what kind of player he's going to be. So Sure. Uh, next question comes in from Brooks Wilson. That's an easy one to pronounce. Nice. Great show. Great taste in music. What is Carlos Hyde and Rob Kelly's worth now? Does Joe Williams take carries from Carlos Hyde? Is Rob Kelly basically worthless? Thanks, guys. Well, we, we talked about Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan in Washington on last week's episode with uh, Matt Waldman. I mean, Rob Kelly before the draft was a guy in my dynasty league that I was trying to sell Mm -hmm. because I knew they were going to draft a running back. They drafted another power back. And, you know, Kelly was good last year, but Samaj P. Ryan has more talent, and it's probably going to be a competition, but Samaj P. Ryan's probably going to win that competition in camp. So, yeah, Rob Kelly's value has taken a hit since the end of last season. See, and because I think what you just said is the consensus view, Mm Mm-hmm. Here's your here's your hipster take. Okay. Buy Rob Kelly super low now. Yeah. Uh, target him super late in drafts, mm-hmm. whatever, because like you mentioned, his value is depressed. And I agree with you that I think Samaj P. Ryan is the better back. I think Washington probably thinks Samaj P. Ryan is the better back. And right. there's a very good chance he takes that job. But if it doesn't happen right away... And you get a guy that, you know, for the first month of the season, you can at least throw out there a little bit. He might start, you know, three, four games, whatever, to start the year. You're getting a little something out of him. So worthless, probably not not yet. Maybe he does end up being worthless. But again, if you can just get in on a little discount right now, I actually don't hate that. Yeah. Um, how about, it's always good to have depth. Yeah. No, no question. How about Carlos Hyde? Uh, you think Joe Williams takes work from him? Uh, I think definitely just the way Kyle Shanahan talks about Joe Williams. Like, mm-hmm. he wanted him in the draft. He talked about this with James Cohen in our last episode. But, I mean, Hyde is talented. He kind of uh, became a victim of the Chip Kelly offense there for one season. Had to learn a whole new scheme. And then the 49ers were just terrible last year. And a lot of his points came from garbage t- time, like we said. I think they want Joe Williams to be the guy in the future there. 
Um, but I think they give. I think Hyde is going to have a chance. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's his job to lose right now. Yeah, I'm out on Carlos Hyde for 2017. Um, pro- just mostly at the price that he's probably going to command because yeah. people still, like you said, people still really like Carlos Hyde. They believe he is very talented. I believe he has shown well in the pros too. Yeah, but uh, you know, he is going to be someone that probably goes in the first four rounds of fantasy this year. Not interested at that price. Yeah. The 49ers are bad. He's right. never been a particularly great pass-catching asset. Um, I think that he is going to give way to Joe Williams in those situations who does comp pretty favorably to a Tevin Coleman type of player um, who the Atlanta Falcons used really well with Kyle Shanahan last year. Uh, Kyle Shanahan essentially stood up on the table and made sure the 49ers drafted Joe Williams. Right, so that's right. that's kind of the guy there at this point. And Carlos Hyde, I think, could easily fall by the wayside. So I'll let that be somebody else's problem. This there year. you go. Uh, next question comes in. Brandon in Canada. There you go. You're Montreal boy. Well, you know, Canada's maybe, a big maybe. country. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Here's a scenario for you guys to ponder. Chiefs are down by five with three seconds left in the game. They're on their own 40-yard line. Andy Reid has to put Patrick Mahomes in, doesn't he? Not a fantasy question, just something I was curious about. Cheers. No, he he puts Dontari Poe in, and he runs Don in. Dontari Poe's on the Falcons now. Oh, well. Oops. Hungry Pig, right? That was that play? That was. That, that's just he, a joke. But the play where he threw it in? That was my, still my favorite oh, play. Oh, yeah, that was what it was. He threw it. Well, he ran it in once, and then he threw a touchdown the next the next like a uh, couple weeks later. Sad that he's not there anymore. But that was just a joke. It's unfortunate, but... It, no. Realistically, like I, I don't think you can do this because then you're kind of making a statement to Alex Smith, like, hey, we don't trust you in this kind of situation, and he's the veteran guy there. And exactly. Just because he has the – I mean – Just because Holmes will take a chance deep? I mean, it's three seconds. Yeah. He's just hurling the ball 40 yards. Right. Well, longer than forty yards, but yeah, I guess I see. I see what Brandon's yeah, saying. It's basically, hail mary at this. Just point. get him out there and rocket him, like rockets away. Yeah, yeah sure. But, but well, I mean, just because Alex Smith doesn't go deep doesn't mean he can't. Well, right? I think he might not be able. He I doesn't mean, have the point, arm. He might not have the arm at this point. Yeah, I see what I see what Brandon's talking about here. I get it. I get it. I say I will be. It will be. Um, Worth watching if Mahomes gets on the field at all this year, because I would think if, if Smith is healthy, you know the Chiefs are not at like fifteen one and like running away with their division, or at some point towards the end of the year. Like, yeah, as long as they're competitive throughout the year, I, I think that it should be kind of accepted that Smith is going to play every single game this year. Mahomes is not going to see the field, but agreed, it would be uh, worth watching if he's going to at some point see the field in any sort of situations. Preseason will be uh, a good. Good viewing party for uh, good, Patrick Mahomes. Good barometer, yeah. No question. All right, James asks us, Hi, guys. Love the show. Both the flagship and the satchel. Apologies for the, apologies for the lengthy email. Yeah, that that's one thing. Try to keep these short. I say that every time, but, you know, whatever. Two questions on football. One, who are your favorite UDFAs to take the most hipster route to start their NFL careers and carve out a role in the NFL? Do you got any? I have one running back. Uh, who hit us with it? Corey Clement, hmm. who signed with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent, did not get drafted, uh, had a terrible combine, uh, but he was kind of kind of a workhorse for Wisconsin last year, um, and they drafted the Eagles drafted Danell Pumphrey, which was a huge question mark for me. Right. They needed they needed a big back. Yeah, um, and I think you know there's rumors that they might be trying to trade for Mark Ingram now for that kind of power back role. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Ryan Matthews' career is kind of up in the air. I think he's got an injury and he's aging. Um, they have, also have Wendell Smallwood and Darren Sproles on the roster. But if they're looking for a big power back for short yardage situations, which is kind of where Matthews thrived last year, I think they could groom Clement because he's not fast. He doesn't have great explosiveness. But he, I think he's like 5'10", 220, so he has a good size. And I think if they need a guy for those short yardage goal line type runs, I think he could fit there and kind of, like he's saying, carve out a role for himself as kind of, you know, like a specialty player in that backfield. I like it. I mean, that's kind of what we are always looking for with, you know, home run UDFAs is especially running backs with like opportunity. I mean, we just talked about Rob Kelly. That's exactly what happened with him last year. Yep. Um, second part of his question. Oh, I'll give favorite UDFA. Uh, ben Bulware from uh, from Clemson, linebacker, uh, was a part of obviously a national championship team last year. They were in the national championship the year before that. He signed with the Panthers as an undrafted free agent, stayed there local in the Carolina area, coming from Clemson. Uh, he's definitely, you know, small, white, unathletic linebacker, whatever. Uh, but, you know, that's why he didn't get drafted. That's why he signs with Carolina as a UDFA. And I could easily see him becoming like a special teams guy there. And, you know, those those players are key in the NFL too. Carolina always has an obnoxious special team. So, you know, it's just something something to keep your keep your eye on. Homer. Stop. Homer. Anyways. <laughs> second part of the question. Uh speaking of UDFAs, did Katie Cannon sleep with Mrs. Goodell? I mean, what happened to this guy? A guy that was projected to go in the third or fourth, but then went undrafted and has now been cut. Hmm. I mean, yeah, Katie Cannon actually got a pretty reasonable amount of money as an undrafted free agent from the San Francisco 49ers who need wide receivers. Right. And then promptly gone before he even gets to, I mean, we don't, we're not even into like OTAs. What happened? Well, who knows what happened? Uh, that would seem to think, it would lead you to think that there's some sort of off the field, maybe an attitude thing. You rub somebody the wrong way. I mean, but yeah, I mean, in terms of why he went undrafted, I never really saw it with Katie Cannon. I mean, he's got speed, but uh, his athletic testing was not as good as you'd think in terms of agility and, and all that. Uh, he is someone that definitely had bad ball skills. I, that was easy to see. Um, yeah, not not. I I just think he was an overrated prospect. Like he's a guy that is productive in college, but comes from that wide open Baylor offensive system, and and I just didn't think showed a lot of NFL t- potential. So no shock that he went undrafted, but also that they could speak to that there's something going on, you know, off the field, or, or he's just a tough guy to deal with. Who knows? Yeah. All uh, right. And James also says, as far uh, and as for the booze segment, like Scott from your previous podcast, I'm also an Aussie, so keen to hear how you go finding some Australian craft beers. We're still on the lookout. Uh, but my question is about Scotch whiskey. Scotch and whiskey. What are your favorite scotches for each of the four seasons? Uh, if you haven't tried it, give the, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name, a whirl. But be warned, it is a deadly scotch, extremely tasty with a very high alcohol content. Do you, how, how do you feel about scotch? Scotch is my favorite kind of whiskey, actually. Really? But I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself a scotch connoisseur. I just sure. like it because it's a little easier to drink. Hmm. To I me. disagree. I think bourbon and, and rye taste way better than scotches. Hmm. I'm not like, I, I can drink scotch, but it's, definitely not my favorite taste yeah i like johnny walker chalk yeah i mean whatever come on give me a break i'm not a connoisseur like i said i just enjoy a enjoy a mid-tier scotch once in a while yeah i could talk about a lot of different bourbons but uh we'll we'll save that for a a different time in the podcast word next question comes in from david machado yes hey guys loving the pod keep it up 
I've uh, been a listener since episode one. Thank you. You rock, David. You referenced my question on Mailbag episode 13, and I wanted to follow up. I have some great beer and music takes for you and wanted to get it to you somehow. First, how does one get some local Washington beers delivered to you? We'll respond to you on the email. If you take gifts, I'd love to ship you some brews to taste and just need a shipping address. It will come from the brewery, not just some random dude on the internet. Nice. We like it. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Secondly, music. You should go and check out the band Higuera. Higuera. Is that how you say that? Have you, ever heard, Have you ever heard of this band? U-E-R-A, no. Great band, still getting going, super legit sound. Uh, a couple of links to their stuff. And he sent some links uh, to their SoundCloud and Spotify. We will include those in the uh, in the show notes, maybe, sure. if I remember. Probably won't. All right. Uh, Why? Well, you got to post I'll this. Ch- I'm going to be in Canada. I'll check them out. Yeah. Check yeah, them out. I'll, pu- I'll put them in the notes. You're the music guy. Let me know what you think. Cheers. All right, I'll listen to those bands, or this band. Uh, next question comes in from Kyle Holden. 2017 breakout players to targets in trades this summer. Franchise, you got any breakout players on the brain? Um, breakout. This is that's tough, man. I don't know. You don't know anything. I mean, it's just like rookies, rookies, rookies. That's that's where my brain is at. Breakout player rookies. Maybe okay. Maybe. All right, I like this already. Derrick Henry gets a bigger role this year in Tennessee. Uh, you know, second year on the team, maybe DeMarco Murray's a year older and maybe they want to manage his workload a little more. Maybe DeMarco Murray gets injured. He has a, a, a history of not great durability. Love me some Derrick Henry. Why not take a chance? You can buy him low right now. No, probably nobody wants him. I think you're one of your other uh, sophomore running back favorites is a better suggestion. Siege Pro Sites? I do think so. I mean, look, I am not in on Eddie Lacy working out there. Yeah. I, Thomas Rawls, I think they've kind of essentially given you a good indication by bringing in Eddie Lacy what they think about him. Pro Sites is a different kind of player from those two. He's probably going to have the pass catching role, which isn't great in Seattle, anyways. Right, but right. It's something. Um, I, he's someone I would target over Derrick Henry. Okay. Um, and a couple other breakout players for me. Willie Seed probably counts as a breakout player because I think he's going to have his first thousand yard season. Even though he's kind of on the scene, yes. he's someone that I think you could target in a trade right now in Dynasty and definitely acquire at a lower price than the production that he's at least going to give you this year. And look, this is only, I mean, he was part of that 2014 wide receiver class, went undrafted that year, didn't play at all, and then made his first appearance in 2015. He's still super young. So yeah. Yeah. he's someone that I think, another running back, I don't know if this counts as a, a breakout player, but I can easily see how he actually ends up being relevant, is Jonathan Williams, who I took in the end of that NFL fantasy mock draft. Uh, he's, at this point, I think he's the number two running back on the Bills, mm-hmm. um, as long as he beats out Mike Tolbert, who I guess is going to play running back. But, right. you know, the Bills didn't add much in their backfield this offseason. In fact, they lost Mike Gillisley, who actually had a lot of t- a touchdowns and a over run. 100 carries. So mm-hmm. I think... Williams, especially if um, if Shady McCoy were to get hurt, he's definitely a potential breakout player um, that's a little more under the radar. Also, Paul Perkins. I don't know what he costs in, in Dynasty right now, but I think he's definitely a, I mean, he's a breakout player this year simply because of opportunity. What do you think of uh, like Will Fuller in Houston this year? Nah. No? No. I don't care who their quarterback is. I'm not really in on the Houston passing offense. I just I think they want to be a run first team. O'Brien's right. teams have been first, fifth, and sixth in rush attempts in his first three years. 
They signed a big free agent running back last year, or a contract big-wise, not a big running back in, right. in Lamar Miller. And right. then they drafted a big running back in Devontae, or Dante Foreman this year. I think they want to be a run-first offense. You can count me out on all their pass catchers. Okay, just throwing names out there and see what sticks. Yeah, that one didn't stick there, buddy. That one didn't stick. All right, well, let's move on. Speaking of sticking, that was dumb. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Next question comes in from Martin Clark. Hey guys, over the last few years, I've gotten into fantasy, but since I don't have many friends who play fantasy, that's weird, I've been playing standard leagues with a bunch of randos. Sad. Sad. Very sad. How can I get into more competitive leagues and play other forms of fantasy like PPR and Dynasty? Stay woke, guys. Martin. We kind of touched on this last time. Yeah. You know, there are forums that you can go find. Hit up the Foot Clan leagues with the fantasy footballers, Dynasty League, DLF. football, the football guys forums. You can find leagues anywhere. Martin, if I don't know, I mean, you emailed this question. Um, I don't know if you're on Twitter, uh, but Twitter's a great place to find leagues. Um, if you follow, there are several accounts that will tweet out, um, you know, looking for dynasty leagues or whatever but get out there and, and yeah talk to like tweet at the dlf dl football handle or handle yeah. uh tweet at the at ryan mcdowell uh who i mentioned last time ryan mc 23 those guys can help you find leagues uh and 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 everything like that so yeah, yeah mostly twitter and forums i think and are, i think reddit if you find the fantasy football subreddits there's always someone there looking for i mean yeah Nah, don't go yes, on, don't yes. go on Reddit. You you could use yeah, that as but, a source. Yeah, but don't go on Reddit because Reddit is just a cesspool, terribleness. Well, that's your opinion. Mm, it is my opinion. All right. Next question comes in from Sam Lacey. Uh, boys, I'm here to say I liked Matt Harmon before it was cool. Mm. I like that. I still don't like him. So, wow. <laughs> Okay. Uh, also, I'm in a PPR keeper league that only allows any four players to be kept. I plan on keeping Odell Beckham at first round value, Demarius Thomas fourth round value, Marshawn Lynch tenth round value. I have a number of guys from which to select the fourth spot and can't decide which is the right way to go. Here are my choices. Golden Tate fifth round, Dante Moncrief fifth round, Theoretic eleventh round. Also, don't hesitate to tell me that one of the foremost three should be replaced with the lattermost. I'm at, I'm at a loss here. Uh, one, do, does any of those last three strike you as the one to keep? Uh, and would you take any of them over the four he has uh, prior? Moncrief is kind of standing out for me in the fifth round. I think that might be a little early for him or like right around where he's going. Anyway. It is still it is still right around. It, it, even if, whether you think it's early, and I think you can make the argument that it is, it is definitely early. He's going in the sixth round right now. Yeah, so he might creep up. I think Moncrief is the guy to keep there. Golden Tate and Theo Riddick both on that unpredictable Lions offense there. and Maybe you can make the case to keep Moncrief over Lynch, but he's already keeping two wide receivers there with OBJ and Demarius Thomas. Yeah, I think you definitely keep Marshawn Lynch at a 10th round value, though. I mean, yeah, Lynch is yeah. obviously going to go in the first four rounds yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even if Lynch sucks and even if he's done... Uh, it's a 10th round pick, who cares? And you're potentially getting a, a high-end RB2 with a lot of touchdown upside right. in Marshawn Lynch. So I think that's the one. Him and Beckham are the two definites to me. Golden Tate currently going in the 7th round. Um, yeah, so 5th round's too early. To yeah, up. but I like Golden Tate a lot this year. Why? I, I Why? Reasons? Uh, well, he will be playing the slot a lot more, presumably, because uh, Anquan Bolden is gone. Right. They kind of moved Tate to the outside a little bit to accommodate Bolden, which is an interesting choice. Um, Tate was also really good last year in the second half, 
Um, yeah, he was a ghost really for like five weeks, and then he right turned when, it on. when when Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones went down, yep. Tate went up. Right. Exactly. I I really like Golden Tate a lot this year. Um, I think he is going to be the most productive receiver in Detroit. Ooh, um, saucy. I mean, I don't really think that's a hot take. When Marvin Jones, I and mean, come on, that was fun for five minutes. I think he was injured. Yeah, we could see. We'll see. But I, I don't know. I could I could make the argument for um, for. Thomas or Monk, I mean Moncrief or Tate over Thomas, but I still yeah. think that the the value's pretty good there for Thomas, and I think you're getting a solid floor with him. So agreed. Whatever. Um, so that's that's kind of our takes there. Uh, next question comes in from Jamie Smith. Okay, so this trade's already done, and our league has a salary cap with contract lengths. To keep it simple, just assume players are on the rosters for four years. I gave up the 104. For Jordan Reed and a 2018 first-round pick, I have a very strong team with win-now potential. Um, also, what's the best IPA? Is La Guanita's dad IPA? Uh, it is my it favorite. It is my favorite. What do you think of that trade, and what's your favorite IPA? I think it's a good trade. I think the uh, 2018 class is going to be strong next year. We thought the running back class was strong this year. Wait till next year. Oh, you got some guys. You're waiting. You're doing the wait till next year draft class. Well, he's talking about it. He traded for a pick for next year. I know, but what the hell do we don't know who's? I mean, Jordan. You're getting you're getting a awesome a number one tight end in Jordan Reed. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy. If you're if you're in win now mode, I think this is a good move. Like you could have gotten one of the top four running backs with the one four, mm-hmm. but you pass it up to grab Reed and a first round pick next year. I think this is a, a good trade for this yeah. guy. I like the trade too. Um, I'm I'm okay with it. And in terms of IPAs, I think it's hard to say no to Stone IPA. Yeah. What? I'm not a huge IPA fan. Right, you're a fool. I forgot. Um, no. Stone IPA, I think, is pretty hard to to say no to. Stone's all right. Uh, Ballast Point IPA is is always a crowd. Oh, pleaser. the Sculpins. The Sculpin, yeah. Oh, that's that's probably my favorite one. Yeah. Those yeah. are. The, I mean, again. There's a couple Southern California beers, which right, uh, right. I feel like we always default to here. But hey, it's can't help it really. Environment. Yeah. yeah, but those two are pretty great. Also, I've been I've been drinking the wipe the wipeout IPA at the Gulp a lot lately because it's on their happy hour, and that's that's a pretty good easy drinkable IPA. Here you go. Yeah. All right, let's get to the Twitter questions now. Twitter. First one comes in from at AJ Which team had the most hipstery draft, and which rookie? Uh, do you see being a fantasy hipster pick? Nobody will see him coming. The most hipstery draft. I don't know. The Browns? Mm, I mean, it depends on what you mean by hipstery. I think the Bucks had a really good uh, draft, like with a couple of hipster favorites in terms of Jeremy McNichols. Agreed. Uh, in the, I mean, that was a great pick. I think on day three, Chris Godwin obviously in round three. They got some guys that we like there. Um, most hipstery draft though, in terms of like. They kind of did something nobody... I mean, the Bears did something nobody was expecting. With Trubisky? Trubisky? Trubisky or Tribusky? Think think about that. I like that a lot of people have been calling him Trubinsky. Trubinsky? Just just completely butchering his name. Yeah. You know who I think think had a good draft, too? Uh, Or I think was like a hipstery draft was... Well, no, I was going to say the Bengals, but everybody saw the Joe Mixon pick coming. Yeah. I like what the Panthers did. That was a pretty hipster draft. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I think I think that those are some good those are some good suggestions. The like anti hipster drafts, probably the Rams just took a bunch of like the same players that they basically already had. Yeah, that was dumb. 
Mm. They're just trying to recycle bad picks from last year. Hey, the Broncos, I thought, had a pretty hipster draft. They took that old guard with his kid in the first round, and then they took Carlos Henderson in the third round, and I like that Carlos Henderson pick a lot. There you go. I don't really think we've talked much about that, but that was a good one. Also, because he reminds me a little bit of Emmanuel Sanders, who is an awesome player that I think never gets enough respect. Right. Um, and there's so much opportunity that people don't realize in that Denver wide receiver core because they, there's just nobody else behind those two. Their third leading receiver last year was. Do you know who their third leading receiver was? Can you name him? No. It was Devontae Booker. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty unbelievable. So that, that's not good. Yeah, that's one to look at. Uh, which rookie do you see being a fantasy hipster pick that nobody will see coming? Um, those are some guys like Carlos Henderson we just mentioned. A couple of receivers that like aren't even really weren't even really on my radar, but they went. They have some good athletic measurables, some good production measurables. Kenny Galladay for the Lions. Okay, we mentioned earlier. Yeah, you took him in that rookie mock we did for fantasy pros. That's right, uh, because the team invested a third round pick in him, and there's again opportunity in that receiving core with Marvin Jones. Um, being, I think, more of a flanker wide receiver and Golden Tate really should be in the slot. There's an opportunity for an X wide out there, and Kenny Galladay kind of really profile, uh, really profiles like that. So he, cool. he's one to, to look at there. I think Aaron Jones and the Packers, uh, I think it's going to be an all-out competition in that backfield, and he's he can catch. He has really good measurables in the combine. He was taken in, like, the fifth round, so he's probably not even going to be drafted in redraft leagues. But I can see him being like a waiver wire ad, like in week two or something, and just you know, get those touches as a pass catcher that boost his his fantasy value. He's he's a he's a guy to keep your eye on in camp for sure. I dig it. All right, next question comes in from Ben Gleesman. Do you guys have a strong take on malt backbone level for for this or for this for your IPAs? Do you swing West Coast or East Coast? I have no idea what he's talking about. But do you, you swing more West Coast or East Coast with your beers? West Coast. I mean, yeah, we've we've kind of said that. We out here. We're out here, and also I just I just I like I really dug the East Coast beer scene when I was out on the East Coast. But I gotta say, since converting uh, to a West Coast living, uh, I'm in on West Coast beers, man. Just they're better. That's the way it is. Okay. Next question comes in from Fantasy Footnote at FF Intellect on Twitter. How many true bell cow running backs are there in the NFL? Over or under seven? I don't even think there's that many. Well, okay, let's under. let's. I'm gonna say under. Let's look. David Johnson, we would say, is definitely a bell cow. Zeke Elliott, yes. Le'Veon Bell, that's three. Lashawn McCoy, yes. Melvin Gordon, yeah, definitely. Uh, Jordan Howard, fine. Uh. Devonta Freeman, not really. He's in a split oh, backfield. Yeah, it's De- a committee. DeMarco Murray is definitely still a bell cow. Yeah, Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. Think- Todd Gurley is a bell cow back, even though, I mean, he had the highest percentage of his team carried. Didn't do anything He's with not him. not a good one, but he is one. So what is that, eight then? That's that's nine, I've counted. Okay. I uh, think that's where it ends. Yeah, because, like, I'm just even looking at just, like, ADPs or whatever it, after that. It, Lamar Miller is technically gets a bell cow role, but I don't think he is a bell cow back. No, Carlos Hyde, nope. Spencer Ware, nope. C.J. Anderson, mm, no. Mark Ingram, no. Isaiah Crow, kind of kind of bell cow back, but doesn't also play passing downs. Right. And I think that's pretty much it. After that, a lot of these guys are split back. They're players. few and far between, my friends. Yeah, they're, yeah, right. Nine. I mean, that is, that's, that's not a lot. Breaking news, not a lot. Right. Less than a third of the NFL. Go get them early in the drafts. 
So next question comes in from this is from Ben again, bro. Ben got two questions into the uh, into the satchel. Game the system. Game the system. If fantasy football analysis is the hipster version of football analysis, what's the hipster version of fantasy football? Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, gotta wrap my head around this. Okay. For one, do you think fantasy football is the hipster version of football analysis? I think it's the nerd version of football analysis. I just think it's a different way of thinking about the game. I mean, it's, it's still, an entirely different perspective. Yeah, like it's it's just totally not the same. Like, yeah, on a on a Sunday night when all the games are over, I couldn't tell you who won or lost the games, but I could probably tell you who scored the most touchdowns, who the top wide receivers were, right. who the top running backs were. You know, you, you're looking for different stuff. Yeah, and like when you're trying to predict what's going to be a good fantasy option, it's not the same as like a good f- football player you know sometimes you'll see and you'll see some people talk up things from a fantasy perspective and like a real life just sense it's just not the same at all so right. i don't know if that makes it hipster or whatever but what's the hipster version of fantasy football i mean you could talk about dynasty leagues or dfs remember when dfs used to be cool yeah like remember that now it's kind of like i feel like that is just it's plateaued feel like you're dirty for doing dfs well no that's not what i'm saying i i'm not saying it's dirty at all but i just i think that like it for a long time it felt like dfs was just on this oh like, yeah massive upward swing and now it's like i don't know i mean i think it's just like a government plateaued. government cracked down can't even do it in some states damn government um or you know what's crazy is these Devi leagues, which I'm not even in. Oh that. yeah, that's right. Scott Fish, Ryan McDowell, those guys do that where they get uh, like college player, they draft college players before they're even in the NFL. Right. That is. That's pretty hipster. You really got to know your stuff. Yeah, that's some pretty hipster stuff. Um, next question comes in from at Broncos Fan Thirteen. He actually tweeted one. Tweeted. He tweeted two. One best way to prepare Brussels sprouts. I feel like we've covered this a lot. Yeah. Um, although I will say one 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 way that's really good a way to prepare them. Uh, if you get a walk, you get if you get yourself a Rob Kelly. Yes. Call back to a few episodes ago. Right. Um, <laughs> you you and you can get a bunch of them in there, and then throw them in a pan to roast to to broil them. You get a good you get a good crunch. Okay. Uh, so that's that's one like a little little bit of a different one that I don't know if I've talked about. That's how I made the ones for our Easter party. Are you coming out of retirement, bro? No. I'm retired. Oh. I am I am officially retired. I people are still <sighs> tweeting me Brussels sprouts pictures. I got a little excited there. I've replied to a few of them, but I have not retweeted any of them. Mm. You know, it isn't it's it's that that bit is on the shelf. I like I said, still happy to talk about Brussels sprouts on this podcast or other podcasts or on Twitter, but it's just not going to be a big constant thing. So, still officially retired. All right, just got to let the people know. Broncos fan thirteen also asks fantasy related question: Is Corey Davis going to catch more than sixty passes? I'm struggling with Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, and Leonard Fournette in upcoming rookie draft. Uh, what do you think? Uh, over under sixty catches for Corey Davis. I mean, yeah, over. You think? Are you sure about that? Yes, think about it. I'm sure about that. Uh, I don't know. Delaney Walker is the number one wide receiver in Tennessee. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I believe he will be the – so the, the, the most catches that, that uh, on the Titans last year were Rashard Matthews and Delaney Walker actually tied with 65 catches. Oh, man, that's terrible. They're, they're the – 
the uh, exotic Smash Mouth, they just run the ball all the time. They do say that they want to be a uh, more of a three wide receiver, 11 personnel team this year as opposed to two tight ends or with a fullback like they were last year. I mean, well, Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray faced the highest, couple of, two of the highest percentages of their non-red zone carries against stacked boxes because they play so much heavy personnel. So I can see them wanting to get more wide receivers, you know, Rashard Matthews, Corey Davis, and then maybe a Tajay Sharp or a Taewon Taylor, who they drafted yeah. this year. Getting those guys on the field more, but it's still tough for me to think that there's going to be that much volume. There was 487 targets distributed to Titans pass catchers last year. I think they still want to be a power run offense. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I can easily see Corey Davis not having 60 catches. I mean, he might make some big plays, but... It could be a slower year one for, for him while he gets acclimated to the league. But that's I, crazy, man. In a rookie 16. draft, though, I take still take him number one. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's I crazy. mean, Tajay Sharp was their number two wide out, and he had 41 receptions. Right. He's also bad. He's a fifth-round draft pick. I mean, that's why they drafted a guy like Corey Davis. Maybe, I don't know. Sure. So you see the number 60, and it seems so low. But then when you go look at those numbers, I mean, it's like average. It's just in context with the rest of their uh, with the rest of their team on most on most situations that wouldn't be an aggressive number, but yeah, for Tennessee, I guess it is. In terms of the rookie running backs, I have them ranked Mixon. I would take Mixon first, then Fournette, then McCaffrey in a rookie draft, probably. All right. Uh, last question comes in from at Chicken Fajita Twelve. Ooh, I'm hungry now. Uh, mock draft season begins, and I get an F on Fantasy Wizard. Any thoughts from they tag the fantasy footballers and us? Uh, I sent put a screenshot of his team. We don't need to talk about his team or whatever, but that that he sent us. But what do you think about these fantasy mock analysis things? They're silly. Yeah, they're dumb. It's just something. To, it's just fluff to give you something to talk about with your your league mate, so you can talk trash if you got an A and rip on the guy who got the F. So you... Are, Nobody knows. It's all based on the season-long projections, which who knows what those... It's May right now. Wait, I thought that for the NFL.com recaps, I thought you were giving out all those grades and writing them. No. I wonder who does do that. Maybe it's Fabs. I don't know who it is. It's a robot. No, I thought it was a real person. Well, it's. I think there's some kind of algorithm that's in the system that takes the projections that... Yes, we actually pay... They pay a guy to sit there and every <laughs> single time someone does a mock draft, he writes up an original new email and grades a draft. Yeah, those things are dumb. I actually thought he had a good team with Doug Baldwin, Allen Robinson, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette. I wouldn't take Fournette in the second round, but I thought he had a pretty good team. Bench wide receivers, Dante Moncrief, Tyreek Hill, John Brown. I like all those guys. There's a lot of upside on the bench. Yeah, I love that bench. So, yeah, this, this getting an F, please, give me a break. Just goes to show you those things are dumb. Yeah, bro, you're going to win your league if you draft this team. Yeah, ignore them. <laughs> All right, well, that is it for the questions this week. The mail satchel is empty. Franchise, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Uh, yo, have a good time, and you're in Montreal right now. So Currently there. I'm talking to you in the future. Oh. I think, I don't know how this works, but uh, I hope you're having a good time. I hope I'm having a good time, too. Um, if I have passed away, um, it's been a pleasure doing this podcast with you mm -hmm. um it's been an awesome treat to get to know all the listeners well don't um, just just pump the brakes a little bit here buddy well you never know what's gonna happen it's a bachelor party in a foreign country man it's kind of it's canada 
What? Is that a foreign country or not? Fine, yeah. It's our neighbors. Had to get a passport to leave. It's true. Didn't need one of those a, long, a few years ago. True. All right, well... But have that, fun, you know? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Have fun. Yeah. No, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, well, that is it for this week's Mail Satchel special episode of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Reminder, you can always get your question read on the show and your name butchered on the show when you email <laughs> fantasyhipsters at gmail.com or tweet to us at fantasyhipsters. Make sure you're following the handle. Not that I will, but nevertheless... Make sure you're doing that and keeping up with everything that goes on here in the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube Fantasy Hipsters. Just put it in that search bar. Um, yeah. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please, we need more reviews on iTunes. Yeah, do or it. wherever you listen to the podcast. Do it or just block me back on Twitter. Right. All right, cool. Well, with that, Hipsters out. Hipsters out. Hipsters out.